wandered in sin's black night and there was no way I could make my wrongs right then that old accuser to the Lord did cry he is a sinner and now he must die then I heard Jesus Christ. Now, regardless what life may throw at you, regardless what life may throw at me, we can settle back on that fundamental principle that if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, man, you're not going to hell. Heaven's going to be your home one day, and you got something that you can praise God about this very hour. 
But I got to thinking about that as Brother Carlton. I don't know why it just came back to my mind, Brother Brandon, but I, I think about that verse that I've used numerous times. I've probably even said it the last two weeks. But some of the things that God's allowed us to see, the opportunities we've had here the last month or so, some of those verses just come to the, to the, to the front. And uh, it, I believe it gives credentials once you walk through that and you realize God has been so gracious and God's been so faithful and God's been so good. And I want to try to help and encourage somebody again. I don't know. I just chalked that up to the Lord again. I prepared this week and I can show you my notes here in just a minute out of first the, the, the dilemma of growing older. But we ain't going that route. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this. Over there where it talks about giving thanks. And in everything, not just some things, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, God tells us that in every aspect pretty much of our life, we ought to be able to give thanks. You say, when a preacher, what if death comes? We can still thank God. You say, what if sickness comes? We can still thank God. What if I run out of money? We can still thank God. What if I lose my job? We can still thank God. Regardless of what life throws at you, you can still thank the good Lord above. There's many things that we can thank Him for. And a lot of times what will happen is this. The enemy, we've got three arch enemies. One is the flesh, one is the world, and the other is the devil. Now, I think our greatest enemy is not the devil, and it's not the world. It's this old stinking flesh in which we live in, man. Our minds are corrupt. That's why the Bible tells us to hold captive every thought. You give the devil an inch, and he will be your ruler, and it will be our fault when we give him that inch. But we battle this flesh. Thoughts go through our mind uh, when things come, when things stack up against us. But understand this, every one of us has got something that we can thank. Thank God for. And a lot of times we'll have these pity parties. You've heard me say this. If you have a pity party, man, there's only two people going to want to show up to that. It's going to be you and the devil. Yeah, man, that's exactly right. And you think about that, and I'm not minimizing anybody's situation. I ain't minimizing anybody's problem or, or circumstance that you're facing today. But I'm simply saying this. I've been through a lot of things, and I have no sad stories to tell you. I have no sob stories to tell you. God's still good. He's still on the throne. I'm still the most blessed man on the face of this planet, so I want you to get that. I want you to understand that. It's not just words that I'm saying. I'm telling you my God's been faithful to me. And we've got to understand that God has been good. And we can thank Him even in some of the darkest times in areas of our life. Well, preacher, what are some areas we can thank God for? What about our freedom? What about our freedom? We don't think about much. I, I didn't get to see a lot of the news this week, but I know they had some other kind of shooting. It still amazes me, Brother Kevin, that we got these crooked politicians. I'll try not to tarry here long. Our vice president stands up and said, all oh, the, the leading cause of, uh, uh, of killing of our children is guns. Are you kidding me? What kind of script they've been reading? Man, abortion's killing more than all the world wars combined together. But you won't hear them talking about that. But you think about the, the, the wickedness with that shooting. And listen, I, I understand all that. That is wickedness and that is corrupt. And I get that principle. But listen, we still live in the greatest nation on the face of the planet. We ought to thank God for the freedoms we have. You go over into China today, they're meeting underground. Oh, yeah, there's Christians in China. But they have to meet underground. A lot of other places they have to do. And, man, we've got the freedom here in the United States of America to go. And most time when we leave here in just a little bit, Brother Brandon, we're going to pick a restaurant. We're going to decide we're going to eat Mexican today. We're going to eat Japanese. We're going to eat steak. What we're going to do, we're going to go to a family restaurant. We're going to go home. We're going to have pinto. i got pintos. and going to have some cornbread at some point here in a little bit. I'm just a bean and tater preacher. I'm a bean and tater man, sort of plain Jane. But understand, we've got the freedom to come and 
worship. And really, I understand we've had to, we, we had to do some security things around the church with the doors. We've got cameras. We've got all kinds of things in place. But thank God for the freedom that we have to come aside and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and then to go do pretty much whatever we feel free to do because the freedom that we have. Listen, that freedom came with a price. There are soldiers that gave the ultimate sacrifice that we could stand today and preach and promote and proclaim the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in our darkest hour, we're preaching, I don't feel good. I got problems. I got things stacking. We can still thank God for the freedom that God allows us to have here in the United States of America. God, help us to never, never, never forget about that. To thank God for the freedom that we have. What about the food? I just hit a little bit a minute ago. I, the way all of us look in here, and I'm not being critical, but listen, ain't none of us starving. Amen. It's amazing. We was talking about that the other day, Sister Red at the house. We was talking about that. And, and, and you know, the way they do a scale now, and uh, Chase could tell you about it. I knew another Clayton, the guy was on the hunter safety team. Both of them was trying to get into the military. Well, they had to reach a, they had to reach a certain criteria. I mean, Chase wasn't that big of a fellow, but they said, man, I'm not, I'm not criticizing Chase. They said, he's obese. Yeah. I mean, about 10 or 15 pounds over, and they changed that, that, that mark. But we've got a lot of food, man, that we eat on, don't we? You got fast food. You got, I guess you could say slow food. You got all kinds of snacks. I tell you what, you say, what's slow food? That's when you eat so much and you slow down, man. That's what that is. But there's all kinds of food that we have at our disposal. Can probably go to your house and you open up that refrigerator. Look at that. So some of the stuff we have, I mean, you just have to throw out because we can't eat it all. Things go out of date because we've got so much in abundant supply. And yet, who am I? Who are we to sit back and grumble and to gripe and complain when we really don't have anything to grumble and gripe and complain about? Because at the end of the day, God's been faithful with His freedom. God's been faithful with His food. He's promised to supply our every need. And boy, He gives us our wants, don't He? But think about this, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God, Christ Jesus, concerning you. We can thank God. Preacher, why can I thank God for just some simple, practical lessons? We can thank God for our freedom. We can thank God for our food. What about thanking God for your family? Well, preacher, I wish I had a better wife. I wish I had a better husband. I wish I had a better children. I wish I had a better uh, uh, parents. I wish I had better grandparents. I wish I had better grandchildren. When's the last time you thank God for what you had? Because I can tell you this, it can be taken away just like that. I tell you what, you get a close call, man, of things that really, that really you thought mattered really don't matter. I'm talking about the little, the little things that we gripe about and we complain about. Man, it really don't matter in the scope of life and the scope of things because, listen, family is precious. Amen. I mean, God blessed me with my right arm, my wife, my kids, and my mom, my dad, a church family, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute as well. But you ought to thank God for your family. But listen, I, I would encourage you to do this every day. Every day that we have is a gift. Can I get a witness right there? Every day. Make sure. Make sure. And this may not be your critique. This may not be what you do. You ought to get in, in the habit of doing this. Make sure you tell your family that you love them. Amen. You ought to tell your wife you love her. Wife, you ought to tell your husband that you love him. You ought to tell your children that you love them. Children, you ought to tell your parents that you love them. Your grand. Why should you do that? It may be the last time you have the opportunity to do it. And there'll come a day you'll wish to God that you'd have said, man, I do love you. Well, they preach you, they know how I feel. Not necessarily. You ought to tell them. 
because every day is a gift. Life is precious, and you ought to thank God for your family. You know, I think about God's providential hand. We talked about that a little bit last week, but God has providentially placed us here in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We ought to thank God for that. We ought to thank God for the family that he's put us in. And listen, by the way, there's no perfect families, by the way. I know there's some that think they are, brother. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, we, families are made up of imperfect people. It's like a church. You say, well, I'm all, if I ever find the perfect church, I'm going to join it. Man, don't do that. There's no such thing as a, church, a perfect church because the, the church is made up of imperfect people. But if you join that church, it won't be perfect anymore because you're imperfect. All of us are. I'm not throwing rocks. I'm just stating a fact. But listen, we ought to thank God for our family. So, preacher, what can I thank God for? You say, well, why? Boy, I sure have been grumbling this week. I sure have been griping. Man, my job, think about the job that you have. This will lead up to the next one. Thank God for the freedom you have, the food, your family. What about the finances that you have? The finances. Well, preacher, I, my finances are running pretty short. Well, listen, it seemed like at the end of the month, there's more month than there is money. But you ought to thank God for what you do have. Amen. God gives you the strength to get up and to work. You know, the Bible's pretty proactive about that. He tells us that man... Uh, we ought to work with our hands. Man won't work. He ought not eat. Now, I understand there's disabilities, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. There's things in place to take care of people. But you know what the sad reality is? The people that need help can't get it, and the people that don't really need help, that's the one. They know how to finagle and manipulate the system. Can I get a witness right there? But understand, you ought to thank God for the finances that you do have. Somebody says, well, man, gas is $3 a gallon. That's right, but you know what? We still fill up, don't we? And here's the thing, we gripe about that. Most of us, most everybody in here, we pick which vehicle we drive in the church today. And am I telling it right? That's right. So we ought to thank God for the finances that we had. You say, well, preacher, I've, wor- I've rolled up my hands and I've worked, and that's right. And thank God there's a good sense of pride. Now listen, pride go up before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18 lets us know that. But there's also a good sense of pride of working with your hands. But at the end of the day, you and I have nothing to boast about. Everything we have has been given to us to God. Somebody says, wait a minute, preacher, I've done this and I've done that. Listen, who do you think gave you strength? Who do you think gave you the, the intelligence to get out and to work and to labor and allowed you to wake up and it was the Lord you ought to thank God for those finances you ought to thank God for the friends that God has placed in your life oh yeah the Bible talks about that friend that, 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 that sticketh closer than a brother I know that's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ I get that but understand there's a lot of friends man how in the world does people make it without a church family brother Brandon I don't know and I've got good friends outside of the church I'm talking about people that you can call and they'll be there. Probably every one of us has got somebody like that. And you say, well, preacher, I ain't got no friends. Well, I'll take you back to the Bible. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you ain't got any friends, you might need to be a little more friendly yourself because that's what the Bible said. But understand, we ought to thank God for friends. People that will be there and have somebody tell listen, if all you had is the Lord, that's enough. But God didn't just stop there. He gives us friends that will help us. I couldn't tell you the people in the last little bit, Brother Brandon. They'd call and say, Preacher, if you need any, and I know if I just said the word, they'd be there. They'd do anything they could. Why? That's what friends do for one another. We, we support one another. But listen, when, when you get down and maybe you get discouraged and maybe the 
odds are stacking against you, and instead of looking at it as an opportunity, you say, man, I got all these obstacles in my life. The devil's going to get in your mind. That's why you're going to have to hold captive every thought, and you're going to have to reflect back, and yes, even in spite of what I'm dealing with, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. Well, preacher, I don't know what the will of God is according to the Word of God. First Thessalonians 5, 18, the will of God is this for you and I to give thanks unto him regardless of the circumstances. So we can thank God for our freedom. We can thank God for our food, and I don't, I don't even know which ones I hit, but get this, friends and, and, and family, finances, all of that. But what about, what about um, there's another one there somewhere. Think about, I don't even know where we're even at, but anyhow, I ain't got nothing to refer back to. But we think, we think about the, the future's coming. It'll be there toward the end here in just a minute. But, oh, I know where it's going. Uh, what about thanking God for the faculties that you have? The faculties. What, what are you talking about? I ain't talking about a, fa- a staff. I'm talking about the faculties, about being able to comprehend, being able to communicate, being able to handle, touch, feel, taste, smell. Some of you since COVID come in, some of you smellers ain't right. They never did, never did mess with my taste buds, but it did. It did mess with my nose for several days, and then I got it back some, it never did come back. But you know what? You don't really appreciate those, those, those basic things we take for granted until it's gone. Am I telling it right? Now, think about David. I, I go back, the dilemma of getting older. David, in, in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible said he was old and he was stricken in years and he got no heat. Verse number 47 of 1 Kings chapter number 1 said that he bowed himself upon, upon a bed. In other words, he was bedridden. He had got to the point in his life, Brother Brandon, again, he wasn't fighting lions, and he wasn't fighting bears. He wasn't slaying giants. He wasn't leading his mighty men on some kind of uh, 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 um, uh, charge and, and getting spoils from war. He was 70 years old, according to 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse number 4, because the Bible said he was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years, so he died about 70 years old. Seventy years old had come, and now he's no longer strong. He's no longer young. He's no longer vibrant. He's no longer vigorous. The, the, the test of time has proven to be right that these bodies wear out. And if you've got your faculty and your mental capability to think, you ought to thank God. There's a lot of folks that ain't. I seen a lady in the nursing home this week over in King. And uh, just bedridden. I mean, they had to feed her. They had to dress her. They had to move her. They had to bathe her. They had to clean her. Been in that state for several years. Now, I say all that to say this. Here's what will happen. As we get older, those aches and pains will increase. Amen. If you don't believe it, you ask some of our senior saints or some of us. And, and you know, when I was 20 years old, Brother Brandon, I never thought about my eyes. Till I got 45. I got 45, I had to get some spectacles I can't read. Now I can't see the signs. It's getting worse at night with these new LED headlights that blind you, and especially when it's raining. It's really, really bad. You can't see the lines. And I thank goodness for Sister Mary Tucker. She called in the State Department and got them to paint the roads up here on Flint Hill Road because we couldn't see going home. But you know what? As we get older, things wear out. I mean, people getting knees replaced and shoulders, ankles, wrists, all kinds. They're doing heart transplants and all that. And you know what? You may slow down the inevitable. Now, here's the thing. 
The Bible lets us know that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We only get one shot at this thing. I've had several people that told me, Preacher, if I knew I was going to live this old, I'd have took better care of myself. And boy, that's a good statement. And that's, there's a lot of truth in that. We ought to take care of our body. And you can slow down some of the problems that may come, it, but it's just slowing down the inevitable. If you live long enough and the Lord tarries is coming, you're going to have some issues. You're not going to be able to think as clear as you once did. You're not going to be able to see like you once seen. I, I hate to pick on Brother Lynn. We was back at our choir. was singing a minute ago, and I seen him take his hearing aid out. There's a time in his life when he didn't have to have a hearing aid. When he's 20 years old, I bet he didn't think, well, man, one of these days I ain't going to be able to hear. Most of us think, well, you know, when he's 20 years old, I'm not, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not going to be able to see one day, not going to be able to walk, not going to be able to talk, not going to be able to comprehend. When that stroke hit on that Saturday for Christy, one of the telltale signs was that slurred speech. She couldn't speak. She couldn't comprehend. She, said, I don't under-. she could make out, I don't understand. She'd have her little cell phone, and she didn't even know how to even operate that little cell phone. She even told me, she said, I couldn't even pray. She testified last week to that fact. You say, well, preacher, I look at my situation. It's bad, but yet in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It could be a lot worse than what it is. Man, my leg's giving me a hard time. I can show you some people that ain't even got a leg. Man, my shoulder, my back's killing me. I can show you people that are paralyzed. And well, you, you, can, you, can, you can go to the extreme of that. But I'm just simply saying today, you and I can thank God for something, regardless of what we are facing. What about our future? Man, as a child of God, and if you're here today... You've never been saved. You never trusted Christ. Man, that's your greatest need. You, you probably don't even understand what I've been talking about. Say, preacher, how in the world can you be thankful in a, in a time of situation stacking up again? Because listen, you don't know who I know, man. When, when you ever get introduced to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and, and you understand his goodness and his graciousness and his plenty and how prosperous he is to you and I, even in the midst of trouble and trial and circumstances and opportunities and obstacles, God is still faithful. But there's a future on the horizon for the child of God. Regardless how bad it gets down here, Brother Kevin, man, there's a better place. Uh, come and thank God there's a place, and it's not just a house. The Bible said there's mansions over there that the Lord Jesus Christ has gone to prepare for you and I in John chapter number 14. So regardless of how doomy and dark and disturbing and depressing and defeating and deflating and deep you may find yourself in, as a child of God, your future is bright. Well, there's one more thing, Sister Caitlin's coming, we can thank God about. We can thank God for His faithfulness. <laughs> Just for His faithfulness. Man, when I, when I ain't faithful, He's faithful. When you ain't faithful, He's faithful. We got something that we can thank God for. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I have no idea. But I know this, there's times in my life, even yesterday, even last night, and Christy and I, we'd made it pretty good. And, uh, but boy, last night, and I won't go into no details, but uh, with Gracie, we had to give her a bath. And we had, we had a little bit of some excitement in the bathtub. And uh, anyhow, you find yourself just sort of griping and complaining. But it don't take long. It don't take long at all. If you'll just stop and you'll just think for just a minute <laughs> about how good God's been. That he's blessed us with the freedom to be United States citizen. We've got food on our table. Most of us have an abundant supply. 
We've got a family that we can lean upon. We've got friends that we can lean upon. We've got finances. Sure, things are high, but most of us can go and we can purchase and we can buy what we need because God has provided that for us. Think about the faculties that we have. You better thank God for it because the ecclesiastical writer said it best in Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, verse number 1, that we need to remember now, remember the Creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days come. Some of you that are younger, you say, oh, preacher, I'm good right now. Listen, you live long enough. You ain't thinking about all these issues that's going to come. But you better thank God for the good mind that you have, for the, the ways that you can communicate, to be able to handle, to touch, and to taste, and to feel, just to walk around. Be thankful. Boy, you ought to thank God for your future as a child of God. If you don't know Christ, that's your greatest thing. Listen, Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose again three days later. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. He can take the dirtiest and the darkest sinner, the dirtiest uh, and darkest sin. He can remove it. How can he do that, preacher? Based on that sacrifice that our choir sang about a while ago. It's still the blood. But we can thank God for His faithfulness. I don't know what you're facing today, but I can tell you this on the authority of the Word of God. It is God's will. Preacher, I don't know what God's will is. Yeah, you do. It's the will of God to give thanks in everything. If you don't believe me, you just read 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. We're standing all over the house. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation, they prepare for retirement, they seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. 
and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.